All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rio's Rag Podcast. I'm Ian Cummings, uh, Jacob Kamaker, and from my computer, you can hear my group chat uh, with my buddies back at home. They're not involved, but uh, they're, they're forcing their way in here. I'm surprised I remember the cadence after this after this long, Jacob. It's been like since January that we did a podcast. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's it's been a long time, but I'm glad to get back in the podcast game. It's been a crazy off season, but uh, I, I think crazy in a little bit of a good way. I think uh, they're on the right track in this rebuild. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, we knew things were looking up with Bruce Allen being gone, but um, I, I think they really compounded that. They didn't bite off more than they can chew in free agency, and then I thought they made some pretty solid moves in the draft. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to rank in my NFC East draft grades, uh, probably because Dallas and New York both killed it, and Philly had a really good day three, so we'll, we'll have to see. We haven't done a podcast in a while, guys. It just got really busy. Uh, I mean, Jacob writes for here at Rigos and NBC Sports Boston and then I'm here and then with Pro Football Network so dual wielding both of us you know sometimes it's just like for a podcast you got to sit down record and everything and then transfer it over and write a recap about it it's just sometimes it just makes sense to stick with the news flow but some we're back and uh, we're ready to talk about these picks um hopefully my group chat will stop chiming in but uh starting off Chase Young Number two overall, I don't think we need to talk too much about this, Jacob. Uh, what do you think? It, was it the right decision? Yeah, it was the right decision. He's the best defensive player in this class. He was super productive at Ohio State, had 16 and a half sacks, really polished, has great get off the line, very good hand movements, a variety of pass rushing moves. He was, he's the most NFL-ready player in this draft. The Redskins needed talent, and while you could argue that they, maybe they should have gone for a need or traded down to get, like, an extra pick, an Isaiah Simmons type. I think if you look at Ron Rivera's draft history, he never trades down in the first round. He always takes the most talented player, even if it's not in a position of need. That's mostly worked out. That's why they had uh, really strong linebacker corpses with the Panthers. Um, so uh, I, I like the young pick. Um, that defensive line looks insanely, insanely talented now. So that's going to be a massive strength of the team. Yeah, for sure. When I first uh, when I first sat down to watch him, you know, a lot of people were saying he's getting hyped up a lot is he getting hyped up too much so that was kind of something in my mind when I was watching him and I came away with no he's not getting hyped up too much he is as good as the hype suggests uh you know six foot five 265 but he moves really well he's crazy explosive um he's got the length he's got the bend and he can kind of accelerate as he's bending through tackles which I really like that trait about him because some guys kind of slow down and then tackles can catch up to them and get leverage but Chase Young has this really good ability. He's flexible, and he can accelerate as he's kind of flexing around the edge. So I think that's a really awesome trait. and Really good run defense, too. Just insane potential. And um, all the quotes that we've seen from him, it, it seems like he's ready to get, get in, get to work, and kind of become one of the first-round talents on this defense and really help out. So I think adding him to this line could really take them over the hump and uh, and be that next step for them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, A. Not sure about A+, because, you know, it doesn't fill an uh, immediate need, but with Kerrigan aging, you know, it kind of fits it. So, And he's a top-end talent, like we said. So he's going to come in and make this defense better from day one. And a lot of people, I think, are in agreement there. Uh, moving on real quick, let's go to round three. This was an interesting pick. I didn't expect this. Um, running back, wide receiver, kind of a gadget player, Memphis, uh, Antonio Gibson. What do you think about this one? Because opinions are kind of across the board on him. Um, definitely a lot of exciting potential here, but was it a bit too early to pick a guy like him? 
Yeah, I think it was a little bit early for him. Um, I graded this out as a C plus, which was the second lowest grade I gave to any of the Redskins picks. I, I thought he was more of a fourth round talent. He wasn't really on my uh, radar for the Redskins. I thought they would go with a. Uh, more of a true wide receiver uh, earlier on or an offensive tackle. Um, we'll get to those positions later because they did fill those needs. Uh, but Ron Rivera and Scott Turner seem to say that Gibson ha uh, can play the Christian McCaffrey-type role in this offense. Uh, maybe he can. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to be anything close to McCaffrey, uh, who's the best running back in the NFL right now. But he is versatile. He's very explosive. If you watch him on tape, anytime he touches the ball, he has a chance to bring it to the house. Um, so really what you're looking at is how he and Steven Sims are going to fit in with this offense kind of as a gadget players, versatile, get the ball on the backfield or as a receiver. Um, I think that added versatility element is really cool. Um, and I think they're going to be able to do some creative things with that. I just think this is probably one of their bigger boomer bust picks in the draft just because you know, we've seen these gadget-type players before, um, like Tavon Austin drafted eighth overall. That was a that was a bad draft. <laughs> but, you know, like, if, if he can be on the field for a majority of the snaps, play some running back, play some receiver, then, you know, he'll be, he'll be a very good weapon, I would think. But part of me worries that he's just kind of going to be a, a backup running back, receiving back, and have trouble finding a role on the offense. Um, so I, I didn't love that value in the third round, uh, but I think his ceiling is super high. So uh, I'm not going to complain too much about this at all. And I know a lot of other people think his, uh, he was a good pick and uh, that his ceiling is worth a third round pick. So uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how he does. He's going to be a guy I'm going to closely watch how they're planning on using him. Yeah, that, that's the thing right there. You kind of said it right there. You, they need to have a plan and they have to employ it well. You know, I think Gibson... In terms of his physical profile, it's kind of a rare prospect. You know, you look, he's got 4.39 speed, 36 and a half inch vertical, so explosive, fast, but he's also 6 foot, 228, so he's thickly built. And he can bounce off guys and he can break tackles, but he can also explode in open space. So I think all the traits are there, but then I think he only had like 72 touches on offense at Memphis, so not a lot of production. Uh, he's going to have to, it's, he's a bit of a projection, but, um, the upside is really high if Scott Turner has a plan for him. And I think primarily you'd want to use him at wide receiver, but you can be flexible, you know, two running back sets with Sims and Gibson or whatever, endless possibilities. So it's, it's fun to think about, but they got to do it the right way. Yeah. And if I may just interject one more thing, one yeah. big thing that you brought up and I forgot to mention, he's kind of a one year wonder too. In 2018, as a junior, he had six catches and, you know, two of them went for touchdowns. Um, but six catches, 99 yards, two touchdowns. Then last year he explodes for 71 touches, uh, 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. So he, he has a high touchdown percentage. But, you know, I, I always worry about one-year wonders and how they'll translate and how much time it might take them to uh, develop at the next level and really find a role. So yeah. that's another concern I have with Gibson. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I – I think he's going to be one of the more interesting projections to watch. For sure. And always with those guys, I look at their age to kind of see how much time they do have. And I think he's only 22 years old, or maybe he's going to turn 22 later this year. So he's young, uh, so he has time. So hopefully it works out. Now the first fourth round pick that the Redskins had, definitely less of less confusion there. Um, pretty straightforward. They drafted an offensive tackle shortly after trading Trent Williams uh, to the San Francisco 49ers. Got Sadiq Charles out of LSU. What do you think about that one? I love 
this pick. I had actually uh, mocked Charles to the Redskins in my uh, day two mock uh, remock in place of Gibson, and I know you actually also had Charles to the Redskins in your day three remock in the fifth round, so we kind of <laughs> split the difference there a little bit. Yeah, Charles is a dude who would have probably been a day two pick if he didn't have off-the-field concerns. He was suspended six games for a disciplinary issue at LSU and had some issues during all of his years there in his tenure. But the thing that I like about the selection here is that the Redskins seem to have stated that they believe in Charles, and Charles seems to understand what it's going to take to fit in, at least from his comments. Um, I believe ESPN's John Kime had a, a tweet with a quote in it that was something along the lines of like, you know, the Redskins are taking a chance on me and I'm going to prove them right. Yeah. Um, it wasn't verbatim that, but, you know, that's kind of the right attitude. And I think with the veterans Rivera has brought in, in particular, I look at um, Thomas Davis, I look at Jonathan Allen, and then I look at Alex Smith being there probably um, in a locker room, at least, and Adrian Peterson. I think these guys will help him fit in, kind of keep him on the right track, make sure the adjustment goes well. And Charles is super young. He's, I think, just 20. He turns 21 in July. Yeah. So he has a ton of time to keep developing. Um, and when you watch him on tape, uh, he's got very good technique. He's very athletic. He needs to add some strength. He got pushed back a little bit um, against stronger players. Uh, but for the most part, even when he uh, faced stronger players, he was able to stalemate them thanks to his good technique. So I, I think the, the upside is through the roof with him. I think he could emerge as a starter this year. Um, if they don't think he's ready from a strength perspective, then he'll probably be a, a backup and need some seasoning. But um, I, I really like this pick. I think there's just so much upside with Charles. And uh, if he stays clean, he should be good. Yeah, yeah, definitely kind of hit all the points. Athletic, he's got good size too. And, you know, looking at those tweets, and it looks like I know the Redskins did their homework with him. I think they called Ed Orgeron to kind of see what was the deal with him. And Orgeron gave him a ringing endorsement. He said he was turning the page from those uh, discipline issues in college. And, you know, I think he really couldn't land in a better situation with the veteran leadership in the locker room and Ron Rivera, who's going to be hands-on with the culture and making sure that everyone is getting, you know, brought along at the same pace. So I definitely reason to be optimistic. And uh, I think he can be your starting left tackle at some point this year. Maybe not right away. Maybe they have Cornelius Lucas fill in there for a little bit. But um, Sadiq Charles definitely has that upside to maintain that role for a long time so i'm hoping that happens but uh, they did a great job getting a great value at a big position of need and a big position of value too so um it's gonna be really interesting to see how he does um moving on in round four they kind of stayed on the offensive side of the ball here's that true receiver you were talking about um antonio gandy golden another antonio g um but he's a much different player uh, what did you think about this pick i didn't really know how to feel about it when it first happened want to hear your thoughts first yeah, so I'm actually a big Antonio Gandy-Golden fan, even though I almost always call him Antonio Golden-Gandy. Uh, <laughs> so that's one thing I'm going to have to work on um, as I prepare for the 2020 season is getting that name drilled down. Um, the, the big question for him is can he separate at the next level? But I think he has the athleticism needed to do that. I mean, he's 6'4 and 220. He fills a need that the Redskins had for size in their receiving core. I think he's going to be a little bit more of a jump ball receiver at the next level, but this guy picks up on things so quickly. I know he played at Liberty and played against some lesser competition, but 
he did play against some Power 5 opponents and some of the better independent teams like BYU. He also played against my alma mater, UMass, in 2018. And he had nine catches for 205 yards and a touchdown. Um, so, I mean, it's not that hard to play well against UMass, but still, when, you're, uh, when your quarterback throws four picks against UMass and you get 205 yards and, a touch, and two touchdowns, it's a pretty good sign. Uh, I, I think he'll challenge for that uh, second outside receiver role. He'll push Kelvin Harmon. Uh, if he doesn't beat out Harmon, I think he's a fantastic backup and red zone threat option. Uh, so I, I really like the pick. There was some talk about him being a day two pick earlier in the draft process, and I think if he had run faster at the combine, he could have been. Um, it'll it'll all be about if he can get enough speed or enough route running skills to separate. But I like him a lot, and I think he filled he filled the exact need I wanted filled in this uh, receiving core. He's a guy that can challenge for that number two spot. Um, but you know, if he doesn't, he still has a role to play as a red zone weapon. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, um, height was something that they definitely lacked, you know, even Calvin Harmon, I think he's only six, two, uh, or something. So he's thick, but he's six, two. So they could have added a guy with more height and Gandy Golden has it. I didn't like this pick as much initially. You know, I thought Gandy Golden was a little too similar to Harmon, you know. I would have liked, this was a guy who ended up going around six. Uh, so maybe projections for him were all across the board. But to Donovan Peoples-Jones was a guy I kind of preferred there. Insane athlete, doesn't didn't have the production. The analytics guys weren't high on him, which is weird because usually I'm with those guys. But um, I, I was really high on the athleticism and wanted to see him in a real offense. But um, I think Gandy Golden, you look at his tape, he ran a 4.6. Uh, so not top-end speed, but... He's really twitchy as a route runner from what I saw. You know, he's pretty loose in terms of his torso flexibility, and he's also pretty explosive. Uh, he had a 36-inch vertical, so he's got a better burst score than Harmon did, uh, so I think there's more potential there, and he's also bigger. If he can work on kind of refining the finer details of the game, he could be a really good player for us. So I'm excited. We'll, we'll have to see, but um, the Redskins receiving core, not a lot is settled yet, so there's a lot of opportunity for a guy like Gandy Golden, so... If he can do that, if he can come out and kind of seize the day, then he could end up having a premier role on early on. So we'll have to see. I also kind of likened him to a Devin Funches type player for Ron Rivera because he had that guy with size in Funches who also had pretty good mobility for his size. I like that comparison of Funches. I think that's a that's a really good one because Funches also was, I think, a tight end for the most part in college and moved yeah. to receiver. Gandy Golden was receiver all throughout college, but, you know, where the Redskins lack a proven tight end, um, he could end up being kind of that uh, big middle-of-the-field weapon if they yeah. want to play him in the slot in more four-receiver sets or something along those lines. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever be a pure tight end. I think he's going to stay at receiver, but like you said, having that kind of um, that guy who kind of stretches into the slot, having that big slot guy, uh, he could line up there occasionally, but he's also a pretty good boundary threat too, so pretty versatile like you said and they, they've been emphasizing that throughout this draft so and speaking of which they did that with their first fifth rounder too um san diego state offensive lineman keith ismail i think is how you pronounce it uh, he's listed as a center but uh, he can play all three interior line positions what did you think about this one i i didn't really think it was much of a need um considering they got pierce Bacher last year um but um i don't know maybe he could he has more depth for sure and then um i don't know what do you think yeah, I wasn't wild about this pick. Um, it was my least favorite of the ones they made during the draft. I think I gave it a C-. 
which should tell you everything you need to know about this Redskins draft. Overall, it was pretty solid. Um, I also didn't think it was much of a need. When I looked, it added a little bit more. Rulier is going to be a uh, free agent next year, so yeah. if they don't bring him back, they'll need a starter. And maybe Ron Rivera and the staff aren't high on Pierschbacher and don't think he can be anything more than a backup. Um, so that's probably why they brought in Ismail. I thought he was more of a sixth or seventh round guy. He needs to add some strength at the next level to be, avoid being pushed around. That's especially important on the interior. Like, you know, when tackles get pushed around, at least one of them, you know, so long as both of them aren't, the pocket doesn't completely collapse. It just collapses on one side. Yeah. But if your center gets pushed around, your quarterback is in big trouble. So yeah. um, I, I think we need to see Ismail add some strength um, and, and be a little bit uh, – better in that regard maybe it helps uh, when he gets into the weight room uh, but he does have versatility he has a lot of starting experience at san diego uh state so i i think that it was a fine pick there were just some other guys on the board i maybe would have liked to take a chance on um i know bryce hall was on the board at that point uh we don't know what his injury situation was um but the redskins needed a corner he's a local guy um, so I thought that maybe they should have swung for the fences with that. Uh, but I'm also, you know, I understand Ron Rivera just is really focused on building depth this offseason. So maybe he didn't want to take a risk and just uh, wanted to opt for a guy that he knew could come in and at least be a backup and possibly a starter. So I, I don't dislike the Ismail pick. I, I just think it was uh, it, it kind of has a low ceiling, uh, high floor feel to it, which is fine in the round but um I, I just wasn't wild about it yeah same here you know i think i gave it like a, a decent average grade you know but the nature of their free agent signings made it so that they didn't really have the force to pick anywhere you know like corner they got ronald darby um i can't remember who else they got but they have darby moreau um and someone else who could factor in that starting equation too um and then tight end they got logan thomas who i've actually been reading some stuff they 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 appear pretty high on him um, in terms of what he can do late in his career uh, because of his athleticism. So they didn't really have to force a pick, and that gave them flexibility. I just, I'm not sure I would have used that flexibility by picking a backup center who's not, who might not really amount to anything other than being a depth guy. But, um, you know, you need depth. It's important in the NFL, so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, like like you said, I'm just not, not super high on it. You can't really hate it, but it just doesn't really move the needle. Um, what about their second fifth round pick, Kalik Hudson, Michigan linebacker? Uh, well, he played safety at Michigan. He actually played a number of positions. He, he was they they moved him around quite a bit. Uh, what do you see his upside being with the Redskins? So a lot of people dislike this pick, and I, I don't really exactly understand why. Like I could see maybe this is a little early for Hudson because he's a bit of a safety linebacker tweener. Um, I think he's going to have to play linebacker because he doesn't have the athletic ability to play safety, but he's a little small uh, for the position and doesn't cover particularly well. Mm -hmm. But he's an excellent special teams player. He had five punt blocks at Michigan. He was a leader off the field. I think he was a captain his last season there. So he, he's really a high-character guy, and if he can bulk up a little bit at the next level and become a little bit of a thumper at linebacker, improve his tackling – and just be kind of one of those uh, stout two-down dudes who uh, provide some explosive ability on special teams, that's enough of a game-changer for me that I, I think it's a solid pick. I don't think it's going to be a great pick. I don't think Hudson's ceiling is particularly high, 
but I think his floor as a core special teamer is like excellent because um, if you look at the best teams in the NFL, they almost always have good special teams play. The Redskins have a great punter in Tress Way, and Dustin Hopkins has really improved as a, as a kicker. Uh, but their kick coverage unit, it improved last year, and so did their returnability with Steven Sims. But I think adding a couple core special teamers can't hurt. Um, so that's the role I see Hudson playing. And, you know, if he can become a backup linebacker and run stopper at the position, that's solid for a fifth-round pick. Uh, again, I get it's not exciting, but um, I think that special team's ability is a real uh, game-changer. Um, so I kind of like this pick. Mm-hmm. I, didn't realize he had, I didn't realize he had five pump blocks. That's insane. <laughs> that's like you have yes. to be really consistent with your role you know like two is like all right well maybe you got a fluke there but five that's no he's he's generating pressure consistently so that's that's pretty good yeah when i was studying him you know he's a decent good athlete um he's built really well he's he's like he's he's yoked dude uh at one of my buddies said and my um my best friend back here at home uh my tennis opponent he he texted me he's a michigan fan he's he said and i quote you got yourself a baller there so that's good. I think that's biased just a little bit, but um, take that for what it's worth, guys. He's uh, he's got some potential, like you said. Special teams is important, so we'll have to see. Um, I'm excited because this feels like a Ron Rivera pick, you know, at its core to me. He's he was the team captain. He was versatile, but he's ultimately probably best suited at linebacker, a special teams guy. He's a guy who who can do whatever role is asked of him, and he's gonna go out and give a hundred percent. The upside might not be there as much as you'd want it to be, but it still feels like they they have something in mind for him, so it'll be interesting to see. I feel like we say that after after every pick, but that's all you really can't say at this point. So, moving on to round seven, um, this was where I don't know. I it's their seventh round picks, so you can't really be mad at how they use them because uh, it's you're never really going to expect a ton either way. But um, I would have gone a different direction. I don't know what do you, what you think, but um, with their first seventh rounder, they picked. Cameron Curl, Arkansas safety. There's always a guy that the Redskins pick who I've never heard of before the draft, and this was one of them. I I don't know. Had you heard of him before then? Because I I was like I was scrambling to do research, writing the writing the article. Like, who the heck is this guy? Yeah, I had heard of him a little bit. Um, I had done some research on some later round picks, and he didn't quite make the cut. Um, from what I understand about Curl is he's not very fast. He doesn't have great deep speed, um, but he was a solid three-year starter at Arkansas and kind of held his own. Um, projects probably to be a strong safety at the next level if he can get into a starting lineup. I see him more as a backup caliber player, maybe a special teamer, uh, somewhat in the mold of DeShazer Everett, but a little bit less athletic because uh, you know Everett could play safety and a little corner when he came into the league. Um, Curl wasn't my favorite pick, but again, it was the seventh round and he was a draftable player. Um, I, maybe they should have gone a different way in the secondary, but, uh, when you look at the fact that they have Landon Collins, Sean Davis, and DeShazer Everett, and those are probably their top three guys at safety, or at least the three they're going to keep, I think Curl is a, uh, a good, uh, competitor who will, uh, fight for a uh, roster spot with the guys like Jeremy Reeves and Troy Apke and, uh, Maurice Smith, and I could see them keeping Apke and maybe keeping Curl around, Apke being a fast guy as a backup, and special teamer and Curl being more of a 
a physicality based guy who uh, can tackle a little bit and play special teams. But, you know, I, I think you could have gone in a different direction here. I can't remember if Prince Tagawanoga was still on the board at this point. No, nah, he was um, round six. He was round six. Okay. I couldn't remember that. But, you know, there were some guys who fell in the seventh round that they could have gone with instead. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you're taking a draftable player in round seven, I'm not going to be too upset about it. Yeah, for sure. It seems like they're trying to get as many guys on their color palette as they can. You know, guys with diverse allotment of roles. Uh, like you said, Afki's kind of the fast athletic guy. Now they have Curl, who might be a little more physical, versatile in the box, kind of a short area player. So um, it's it's interesting. I would have gone with like a high upside corner. Yeah, I know there weren't a lot on the board, but maybe Thicarius Keys from Tulane. I know he was like six two, ran like a four four nine. So just getting an upside guy like that is what I would have done. But again, in round seven, it's there's so many different ways you can go and have the general average outcome be pretty similar. So you don't really need to scrutinize a ton. Um, and with their last seventh round pick, I know a lot of people were like, another defensive end, what? But uh, you know, again, it, there's an angle where it's a it's a decent pick. Um, they picked NC State defensive end James Smith Williams. What do you think about that one? Because I remember I remember studying him a while ago. Um, injuries kind of derailed his college career, but th- he's got some intriguing tools. Yeah, I think he never played more than six games except one season when he played eleven. Yeah. Um, and that year he had six sacks and was really good off the edge. Um, and, you know, people thought he might be a, a mid-round pick if he could stay healthy. Uh, he just couldn't do that. So I think the Redskins are banking on the idea of like, hey, this guy has an injury history, but we're getting a guy who could have potentially been a fourth or fifth round value in the seventh round. And they may be thinking to themselves, yeah, we don't really need um, an edge rusher. Uh, we have some pretty good guys at the position. But why not take a chance on this guy? If he can't get healthy, we can stash him on injured reserve for a year. Um, if he plays well and we can't keep him on the roster, we can keep him on the practice squad. Uh, you can never have too much depth in the NFL. Um, so getting a guy like Smith Williams, who's pretty athletic, and if he could stay healthy, will be a good producer, um, is a solid move, I think. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the you know seventh round you can go in a lot of different directions. I think the first one with Curl was kind of playing it safe as a, this guy doesn't have a high ceiling, but he should be a player that can make the roster, and if not, will be a practice squatter. And I think Williams is kind of one of those guys, or Smith Williams is one of those guys where it's like, okay, this guy could eventually become like a top backup for us and, you know, spell Chase Young on the field. But if you can't get healthy, you know, we're going to have to cut him. But I I like this pick. Um, I understand people being upset about the positional value um, because they really don't need an edge rusher. But it's the seventh round. Like any like I know we've had some successful guys. Um, Jimmy Moreland being one of them. Um, he looked pretty good last year. But you just got to go with guys you think are going to succeed in the seventh round. And I think Smith Williams has as good a chance of any of the players that was on the board at that point. Yeah, and I'm trying to look up his um. NFL combine profile but if I remember right his uh his size was yeah 6'4 265 4'6 32 inch vertical broad jump over 10 feet so those are good numbers I feel and I feel like his size 6'4 265 he's one of those big guys who could maybe uh kind of translate into a versatile role where you know he can 
he can be on the outside or he can flex inside in some alignments and kind of be versatile. If he can stay healthy, I really like those numbers. And also, I think Ryan Anderson might be due to be a free agent next year. Uh, so this might be one of those future-minded picks, kind of like the center, Keith Ismail. So we'll have to see. But yeah, a lot of upside in, in round seven. You can't really go wrong. So I liked it. Um, what was the grade? I know you wrote an article about it, but what was the grade you gave this Redskins draft class? I gave the draft class an overall grade of a B. And the reason that I did it, um, obviously Chase Young's upside is immense. Um, but most of the other guys they picked, their upside is solid. Like Charles and Gibson have upside. The rest of the guys should all find a spot on the roster, but they may not have great ceilings. So I, I think this was your classic Ron Rivera type of draft where there's one elite player. There are a couple guys who can play uh, roles potentially in the starting lineup. And then there's a few guys who will play roles on the team no matter what, whether it's as depth or eventually emerging as a starter. So I, I think they get, did a good job of adding talent um, and especially adding depth. That's the one thing they've done this offseason that's been above all else important. They have depth of position, so even if they suffer injuries, they should stay competitive. That doesn't mean they'll always win, but I think Redskins fans at this point would take a team that's competitive playing hard and at least having a chance to be in games late. Um, and I think they're on track to have that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think they've set themselves up so that they can have this year where they evaluate and give guys chances and just see what, what matriculates out of that. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. Uh, if you guys want, we're going to have more podcasts probably in the future. I'm um, talking to more, more in depth about guys like Chase Young and maybe Sadiq Charles and just whoever you want to ask about, you know, just, send us requests who do you want to hear about in more detail and we can uh, provide you with that content so in the meantime though we are out of time unfortunately uh, it was a good run uh, we're gonna have more of these out in the future uh, so until then peace out have a good night